Okay. So I'm I'm going to come out and say it right here because I'm really sick and tired of hearing these kinds of stories pretty much every other day. Um, but I'm, I'm going to come out and say it. And I'm just going to explain this whole situation. Okay. Uh, parents, stop leaving your kids in cars with, 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 without the AC on. Okay. If you're gonna, okay. Let me, there was an Oklahoma boy who's 12, who's 12 who had to rescue a two year old locked in a heart, in a hot car. Okay. Here, here, I'm, I'm gonna go through the article. I'm, I'm just, I'm just so irritated with, with this topic. I'm so tired of seeing it in the news every other day. I'm tired of seeing windows having to be shattered or, you know, bricks having to go through windshields or, you know, mothers crying and, you know, dads crying. And I'm going to get into that. Okay. This may be controversial right here, but I'm going to get into that one dad who in New York left his twins in the car. Oh, yes. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get into that. You guys may not like it, but I'm going to get into that. Here we go. This is by Frank Miles from Fox News. A 12-year-old boy in Oklahoma is being hailed a hero for rescuing a 2-year-old boy locked in a hot car on a hot summer day. Ben Therott, I'm just going to say Ben because I I don't want to keep but I don't want to put his last name. Ben the Good Samaritan came to the rescue with a ratchet strap from his mother's car. I started hitting the side window, didn't bust, bent it pretty badly, he said. Um, I swung over my shoulder, hit it right in the center, and I hit it a couple more times and I climbed on, I, I climbed on the windshield. I stomped on it and it cracked pretty badly. Then the lady went and grabbed that hanger thing and I put the hook into the windshield and pulled it out and then I unlocked it. Uh, Tulsa police told Fox 23 Tuesday's heat index was 116 degrees. 116! Investigators found the mother shopping and issued her and issued her a two hundred and fifty dollar ticket. The ticket should be much higher. I'm 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 just gonna say, because because this these things keep happening. And let well let me just say this, okay? So uh for this situation, so you know this this kid Ben he may have saved a life here, okay? Um, there is something called a tactical pen. And what a tactical pen is, is pretty much you can write, you can write with it, but I don't recommend writing with it because it's really not good for writing. But the main point of it is on the other side of where the pen side comes out, there's a ballistic, there's a ballistic point. And I have one myself. It cost me eight bucks to get off Amazon. They're very cheap. And pretty much what it is, um, if you are ever locked in a car or need to get into a car, uh, you can get this tactical pen, you can get a tactical pen, hit it with the ballistic side, and that window will shatter immediately. It takes no strength. All you got, all you need is a direct strike and it, it shatters. Okay, cause, you know, I'm seeing these things on, um, on the news, I'm seeing videos, and it's like, okay, you know, they have to keep bang, banging and banging and banging. And in these, in these situations, the seconds count. It's not minutes. It's almost like a 911 call. It's the seconds that matter, not, you don't, you don't have, you know, 10 minutes to get to do this. It could, it could be seconds because you don't know how long the child has been sitting in there. Or you could have a situation where you are trapped in a car. And I mean, this, this may sound something like out of an action movie, but if your car goes into uh, a body of water and you, 
you can't open the door because the water is just pushing the doors closed because the water is just so heavy. What you can do, you can just break, you can just smash the window with the ballistic pen. It's going to go and you can go, you can go right out of the car. You can do that. So that's, that's just, that's just a, you know, don't use it for crime. Don't do, you know, don't be stupid. Don't use it for illegal activity, but, um, you should have a ballistic pen and it's also good for self-defense purposes. Okay. Um, but 116 degrees. Police have been looking into the mom's story. She said it was an accident, claiming she thought another adult was watching the child. I don't buy that for one second. I don't buy that for one second. Look, cause let's just think about this here. Okay. She said it was an accident, claiming she thought another adult was watching the child. How would you possibly think another adult is in the car? You would know if there's an, you would, you would know if there was another adult in the car. You would, you would know that. And, and let's just say, let's just, let's just play with her situation here. Let's just say that's true. Say there was an adult in the car. Okay. Where was that adult? Were they in the car and they were like, oh, you know what? I got to go get something myself. And so they leave the child. So that, so now that's two irresponsible adults. No one, you can't leave your child. What are you doing leaving a two-year-old in the car? Two. Two. I mean, I mean, she thought another adult was watching the child. How is that even possible? You thought there was another adult in another car watching and, and you, you know, you may be, you may have known someone and said, oh, you know, could you, could you watch my kid, please, well, as I run in? Parent, I don't have children myself, okay? This is a disclaimer. I don't have children. I've said this many times. Okay, but if you are going to go into a store and you're going to leave your kid, okay, turn on the AC, full blast, as cold as it can get, and if your AC doesn't get that cold, just take your child into the store or wherever you got to go because you don't know how long you're going to be in there. It's possible that you can run to the grocery store saying, I got to get some milk. I, I need I need some milk for, you know, they need milk for uh, cereal in the morning so I can take them to school. Okay. So you go into there and you get some milk and you're like, oh, wait, I need this. I need this. I need this. And then pretty soon instead of just getting one item, you come out with a basket, which is usually how grocery shopping works. Um. So you can't take, just take your kid with you. I'm so tired of these stories. I'm so tired of these stories. This is from kidsandcars.org. Okay. This is, this is their fact sheet. Of, this is their August, uh, 2019 fact sheet. Vehicular heat stroke is largely misunderstood by the general public. The majority of parents are misinformed and would like to believe that they could never forget their child in a vehicle. The most dangerous mistake a parent or caregiver can make is to think leaving a child alone in a vehicle can never happen to them or their family. In over 55% of these cases, the person responsible for the child's death unknowingly left them in the car. In most situations, this happens to the most loving, caring, and protective parents. It has happened to a teacher, dentist, social worker, police officer, nurse, clergyman, soldier, and even a rocket scientist. It can happen to anyone. I don't think anyone disputes that. 
obviously, you know, parents think, you know, I'm, you know, I'm really good. And, you know, I, I would never forget my kid. Okay. With examples like this, these, you know, these things are possible. Okay. Now, here we go. The greenhouse effect in vehicles. The inside of a vehicle heats up very quickly. Even the windows, even with the windows cracked, the temperature inside a car can reach 125 in minutes. Once 125. That's like, that's Death Valley level right there, in case you didn't know that. Because I think Death Valley gets to like 121. Okay, so that that's really something. And you also have to think, okay, so the heat's coming in. The child is also breathing carbon dioxide. And so, as they're getting hotter, they're trying to breathe in more oxygen, but there is no oxygen. Or, you know, there's there, the oxygen supply is depleting. So they're breathing more and more with oxygen depleting, carbon dioxide levels rising, heat rising. Um, that is a bad formula. That's a bad recipe. They are going to be really hot, really uncomfortable, really fast. 80% of the increase in temperature happens in the first 10 minutes. Cracking the windows does not help slow the heating process or decrease the maximum temperature. Okay, here's what you need to understand. A crack in the window. Okay, I kind of I kind of understood this as being young. Okay, if you want a nice breeze, you can't just crack the window. You can't crack the window. You pretty much, when you see those people who have their windows all the way open, that's pretty much what you have to do. Now, obviously, you're putting your car at risk of being stolen. Okay, but um, pretty much that's a that there's a low chance of that happening. Okay, just just relatively. I won't get into those numbers and stuff like that. But if you want, if you want to, if you want to crack your windows, you can't crack them. You have to open the windows as far as they will go. And even if it's a hot day, even if it's really hot, if it's a hot day and you want to crack the wind and you want to open the windows, don't do it. Just take your kid in the car. Just take your kid with you. Kid or kids. Children have died from heat stroke in cars in his temp, in his temps as low as 60 degrees. They need, they need oxygen. Oxygen is like the number one thing because, because what can happen is they will suffocate. They will suffocate. Okay, here's some contributing factors. A child's body overheats three to five times faster than an adult body. A change in daily routine, lack of sleep, stress, Hormone changes, fatigue, and simple distractions are things all new parents are things all new parents experience and are just some of the reasons children have been unknowingly left alone in vehicles. Rear facing car seats look the same whether there is a baby in it or not. Children, especially babies, often fall asleep in the rear facing child safety safety seats, becoming quiet, unobtrusive little passengers. Okay. Here we go. Uh, what I'm, I'm going to skip, I'm going to skip some, uh, mumbo jumbo here just a little bit. Okay. Actually, no, you know, no, I'm not going to skip because I need to go into this for the whole father of those twins thing. Okay. Perspective memory is processed by two brain structures. We're talking about memory here. Okay. The hippocampus. I can't remember if it's hippocampus or hippocampus, but I, I'm going to say hippocampus because hippo doesn't sound right. It stores new information the here and now, and processes that a child is in the car. The prefrontal cortex enables us to plan to plan future, accounting for a change in routine, process, processes route, including to go to daycare rather than straight to work. And then there's habit memory. 
uh, which form subconsciously through repeated activities like riding a bike. Uh, the basal ganglia stores habit memories. Driving to and from work, which enables autopilot. Okay, what causes a parent to misremember? The basal ganglia takes over and suppresses the, free, the prefrontal cortex. The brain is on autopilot, doing what it would do on any given day, not accounting for changes in routine. Memory specialists know that the basal ganglia is much more likely to take over when someone is fatigued. But okay, I'm going to say this. I was talking about this with my dad um, when, the, when, the twins, when the twins were killed in the, uh, the car. Um, my dad made a really good point. He talked about how when, when you're, when you have a routine, now it's possible, now it does make sense where it's like, okay, I have a routine, I do the same thing every single day, but he, he, here's the point he made. When you do the same thing every day, that, that pretty much means you leave at the same time, you arrive at the same time, and you pretty much... Everything is the same because it's routine. Your life becomes drab and boring and stuff like that. Okay. So the father of the twins, the father of the twins, he had dropped off one of his son. He had dropped off one of his kids at a, a different, at a, at a daycare before. And, uh, pretty much he just, and then he just went straight to work. My dad made a good point here. He's like, okay, if you, if you leave at, let's say you leave your house at seven in the morning and you arrive to your job at eight, you do this every single day, every single day. Okay. So you, you, you become a routine and yes, you, your brain, you, you can go on autopilot, but, um, when you look at the time and you see things, you're like, okay, you know, all right. Um, this is, you know, this is, this is just what I do. Okay. And say one day, uh, you, you leave, you leave at your regular time. You leave at seven. You arrive to work at 745. My dad made a good point. He said, you would have to know that there's something off about you getting there 15 minutes early. You, you would have to know something about, you know, you just, you would just know that, okay, I'm here early. Why am I here early? Did I forget something? Um, because usually, usually most people go the same way to work every single day. So it's not a new route. It's not any of that. Okay. So you find, you find, okay, I'm here and I just, I, I'm here 15 minutes earlier than I usually do, than I, than I usually arrive. Okay. The parking lot's not going to be as full. Um, it, 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 things just won't, it just won't feel right. And so that's a, that's a pretty good point. So with this, with these two twins that died in the hot car, um, now I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this about, about, um, Juan Rodriguez of New York city. Um, now I'm not saying he did it on purpose. I'm not saying he did it on accident, but I'm, I am going to say this. His, his mental state, it's going to take nothing but the healing and deliverance of, of, through Jesus Christ to heal his mind. Because his, his life is over, mentally. 
because he is responsible for the death of of his kids. His two kid he killed two kids that were his and and he 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 left them in the car. He was there he was there the entire day. The entire day. And here here's what I'm trying to figure out. Here's what I'm trying to figure out. And here here's where some doubt just creeps in with me. I couldn't help it when I heard more details about the story. So here it is, okay? Uh this is by Scott Stump of today.com. This was this was from August 1st. The Bronx District Attorney has decided not to put the case of the New York City father whose one-year-old twins died when he left them in a hot car before a grand jury. The decision means that the criminal case is still active, but the prosecution has been paused, the district attorney's office told NBC News. Juan Rodriguez, 39, appeared in Bronx Criminal Court in New York on Thursday when a judge ruled that there is no criminal case against him at this time, pending further investigation. Rodriguez pleaded not guilty to to criminally negligent homicide and manslaughter after police said he left his twins, Phoenix and Luna, in in the car on July 26th while he went to his job as a social worker at the James J. Peters Veterans Affairs Medical Center from 8 a.m. until 4 p.m. He worked a full shift. He worked a full eight hours. And... He, you, wouldn't you, just going throughout your day, you, you don't focus 100% on whatever task it is you're doing. That, that just doesn't happen. Okay, your mind is going to wander. Um, you're going to think, you know, you're going to think about your wife. You're going to think about your kids. You're going to think about, you know, possibly some sex that you may get when you get home. You're going to have to think about dinner. Uh, might have to pick up groceries. Um, you know, dry cleaning. Uh, you know, just things that you're going to have to think about. Your mind is going to wander. Okay, and also I have a question for for the daycare center. I, it in my I'll just say this in my experience and understanding preschool and daycare and stuff like that, speci- specifically daycare because he was dropping, he was supposed to drop them off at daycare. Okay, usually daycare daycares tend to call parents when the child doesn't show up. You know, there's a certain amount of time where it's just like, okay, uh, who's here, who's here, who's here? Okay, who's not here? Okay, why are they not here? And this, this is, this is just, I mean, his, his mental state is just, it's going to take nothing but deliverance. Because purpose or, whether he did on purpose or not, he, at the end of the day, the fact is he's responsible for the death of his children. His his one his one year old, so young, young, can't do anything for themselves. And you just you just have to think that they that they let me let me keep going. Let me let me just let me just keep going. The twenty two year veteran of the National Guard told police he exited work and found the twins unresponsive in the car. Prosecutors say he told authorities he thought he had dropped them off at daycare. I blanked out. My babies are dead. I killed my babies, Rodriguez told investigators, according to the criminal complaint. His wife, Marissa Rodriguez, released a statement in support of her husband on Monday. Though I am hurting more than I have ever imagined possible, I still love my husband, she said. Now, he is a good, he is a good person and a great father, and I know he would have never done anything to hurt our children intentionally. 
I will never get over this loss, and I know he will never forgive himself for this mistake. Now, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this concerning the wife, okay? This wife is made of some... She's, she's cut from a special type of cloth. I can't think of too many parents or spouses who would who would stay with if 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 my I, I as you guys know I'm not married I have no children if I married my wife if I married my wife and we we went to have children and my wife was she went to she goes to work one day she comes back and um she never dropped off the kids in the car and she, you know, she she never dropped the kids off at daycare or preschool, and they they died in the car. I have to be honest. I don't believe. I do not believe I would have it within me to stay with her and to 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 look at her the same. I would see her as some. I would see her as the person who took my. You took my kids. Yes, it's yes, it's our kids, but it's like okay. My my babies, our babies are gone because of you. So this wife, she she has the mindset of you know what he he made a mistake, um, but I still love him. I I don't think I could do that. I don't. I I I would I I would say this. I have no statistics to prove this. But this is just this is just coming from how how I believe people think and how people work. If you took one hundred couples and and you had a you had let's just keep it consistent. Let's say let's say the husband was responsible for the death of the kids. How many of these? How many of how many of the wives would stay with the husband? Maybe maybe I would say. One, one to me is a stretch. One to me is a stretch, especially one, especially one. I mean, I mean, they're, I mean, they're young. The mother, you know, she's breastfeeding. And so that, I don't know. I obviously, I don't know if she was breastfeeding these children specifically. I don't know. I don't know, you know, what the, what the plan was with that and her. But, you know, you spent time trying to breastfeed these children and that, is that creates such a bond between the mother and the child and now that that those those children are gone and it's it's just it's just it's just horrible it's just absolutely horrible i i got to be honest i couldn't do it i would i would i would i would have to ask her to leave the i'd have to ask, i if my wife were responsible for the death for the death of my children, I'd have to say, you know what? Um, you need to leave the house now. Because I'm because I'm really emotional right now, and I, I really I don't really want to look at you because right now I'm looking at the person who is who is responsible for the death of for the death of our kids. Okay, so so leave. Don't tell me where you're going, just leave. Okay, and let 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 me process this. I really, I, you're really one of you're really the last person I want to look at right now. So I mean, this is just something different. But all I'm saying is this. I'm not. All I'm saying. All I'm saying is this. 
Okay, this... Don't leave your kids in in a hot car. It's hot! It is hot. I'm in California. Okay, it, it's hot. Okay, Oklahoma, I know it gets, I know it gets hot. It can get hot and it can get really cold. Okay, this, parent, parents, please, don't leave your kids in the car unattended. Don't do that. Put, if you, if, if you do, have the AC blasting. Okay. And, and, and just keep your time inside, inside the place short or just, or just make it easier on yourself. Just take your kid in with you. Don't, I, these stories, in case you didn't, you guys probably, you guys probably didn't know this about me, but I have really bad baby fever. I really do. I cannot wait to have kids of my own with my Proverbs 31 wife. I, I can't, I can't wait. I think about it so much. But when I see these stories of parents who leave their kids in the car and the, the kid is near death or could have possibly have died because of their negligence, it angers me so much inside. Like, there, there's nothing that makes me ang- there's nothing that angers me than parents who, who, who take their kids who are a blessing from God. Children are a blessing from God. They are. And then you miss, you miss, you, you, you do something to them where their life is in jeopardy, or you mistreat them, or you abuse them, uh, physically, uh, mentally, uh, emotionally, um, sexually. Just, just anything like this where, you, where a child is in danger because of the parents, that angers me so much. Watch your kids, protect your kids, love your kids, don't leave them in hot cars. Don't do that. Okay, that, 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 just don't do that. Your, your children are a gift from God. They are. Okay, here, here I go, okay. This is from CNN. Uh, this is, uh, here we go. Nearly four tons of weed discovered inside a shipment of jalapenos. You can't make this stuff up. Uh, there's a big, there's a big picture that Border Patrol released. Um, a shipment of jalapenos from Mexico to the U.S. proved to be carrying more than just a spicy kick when Border Patrol agents found nearly four tons of marijuana hidden in the cargo. Just pitiful. Just pitiful. The discovery was made Thursday when a truck driver was flagged for a secondary inspection at the Ote, Ote Mesa border crossing in California. During the inspection, a canine team alerted officers to the peppers, according to a press release from U.S. Customs and Border Protection. The federal agency said, didn't say why the driver, a 37-year-old male Mexican citizen, was initially, flag, initially flagged for a secondary inspection. Inside the pallets of peppers, officers discovered over 300 green packages that field tested for marijuana. Officials estimate the seized drugs are worth $2.3 million. I am proud of the officers for, see- for seizing this significant marijuana load, says Ote Mesa, Port Director Rosa Hernandez in the press release. Not only did they prevent the drugs from reaching our community, 
They also prevented millions of dollars of potential profit from making it into the hands of a transnational criminal organization. There was no word on potential criminal charges against the truck driver. The truck's driver. Um, Thursday's bus follows a seizure of more than 10,000 pounds of marijuana in a shipment of plastic auto parts that occurred August 13th at the same cargo facility. People are getting, people are bold, people are desperate, people want their drugs, and they will do whatever it takes to get them. Now, this is not someone swallowing a bag of cocaine, this is not someone swallowing 246 bags of, bags of cocaine, this is, um, someone... Who, uh, you know, uh, you know, they wanted some weed and, uh, they did whatever it took to get it. This, this is just, this, this story is really hilarious, but it's also really sad. You know, you know, drugs are such, the drug industry, um, is such a, it's such a big industry for money making. I mean, it's absolutely huge. People will do anything for their drugs. Seriously, I mean, I mean, just look at, look, I mean, look at cigarettes, which obviously, you know, you know, it's, you know, you know what I'm, you know what I mean. Okay, so cigarettes, you could pretty much make cigarettes cost whatever you want, and people who smoke cigarettes will do whatever they can to to buy cigarettes. They'll do whatever they can to get them. It doesn't. It, it doesn't matter what the price is because people because people get hooked and they need them. Okay, marijuana, it's, you know, debatable where um, some say, you know, it's not addictive and others say it is addictive. In my mind, anything can be addicting. Any substance, any any action, any um, activity, anything can be addicting. Anything can can affect your body to where to where your to where your mind believes okay i uh i i i really need this i really need this and so here we have, we have a case where um there were some there were some people there are some people who are affiliated with uh with the drug industry and so in their minds they're thinking okay uh, how do we get this across the border? What do we do? And so this is just this is just me this is just me believing and you know thinking and stuff like that. Okay, who? Okay, okay. So so what are we gonna do? Okay, so we're gonna take here's I have an idea. We're gonna take some peppers that are really really spicy and really gonna affect this you know the smell. And massive smell of marijuana because th- there's just so many of them. It's going to be really spicy, and the dogs are going to sniff, and the peppers are going to overpower uh, the smell of weed. I I believe I believe that was the idea, and, and they were like, "Well, dog on it, or whatever they say in Mexico." That's a good idea. And so they tried this. They tried this. Maybe the driver knew. Maybe he didn't know. Um, and so you know he goes and um. You know, uh, obvious, obviously it didn't work. Obviously it did not work. Um, because, uh, they stopped him. He was flagged and, uh, they, they had the canines do their thing. And, uh, the canines, you know, in their minds, I don't know how dogs think, but, uh, they were probably thinking, 
Um, something's not right. I've smelled this before, and I know that I've been trained. Okay, so based off my training, I know that this smell that I'm smelling is bad. So now, um, I'm going to, you know, let, let the, let, 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 let my human know. Okay, so, you know, this, that's what happens. And it's just, it's just pitiful. It's just, it's just pitiful. I mean, I mean, people, people are just so creative, man. I tell you. And, you know, some of these stories, I gotta be honest, they're, they're sad, but they can be funny. Because it'll, it will show you the length people will go to, to do their illegal activities or to, you know, to, 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 just to have their drugs. I mean, I mean, you have, you have this woman. Obviously, I have the story on the guy who, um, he hid the drugs under his toupee. Thinking, you know, no one's gonna catch me. Then you had the teacher who she swallowed her bag of cocaine. Nice, good looking woman. And, uh, you know, now your students don't have a teacher. And then you had that guy who was going to Japan. And he, he thought somehow he could swallow 246 packets of cocaine. You can't put 246 packets of cocaine in your body. They're not supposed to go in your digestive tract. And you do this, and because, because your mind has just been so warped and so mangled by the drugs, and you, you just, you, you, you're, in your mind, you're thinking, this is a good idea. This will work. No, it won't. This idea will kill you. Um, you're gonna be embarrassed when they cut you open. Uh, your family's gonna be embarrassed. Um, people are gonna laugh at you. And, uh, there will be a guy named Solomon Green who will find this story and talk about it on his podcast and make fun of us. Make fun of me for, uh, probably for the rest of his life. So, 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 so these are the things that cause me to just shake my head and, you know, laugh. Just laugh. These, these are, these are pathetic stories. These are pathetic stories. People do whatever they can to get their drugs. Now, this story, I, I have, this story, when I saw it, I gave a round of applause once I saw, because, because this is, this is, um, this was a story about the girl, if you, if you don't know, um, there was a girl who tried out for a, um, boys choir, who's been a boys choir for 500 years, and they, you know, she, she, her application got rejected, and so, um, the mother sued, or someone sued, because the nine-year-old, obviously the nine-year-old cannot sue, at least I don't think they can in Germany, because that's where this was, but anyway, anyway, um, they, the girl, and whoever's, you know, that, uh, that was, they were the plaintiff, and the boys were the defendant. And, now, this is from the Western Journal. Okay, um, and thank God they lost, thank God the girl lost the court case. 
This is from Jared Harris from Western Journal. A boys choir without a single female member in its over 500 year history was handed a huge win from a judge this week, dodging an accusation of discrimination. The accusation originally hit state and cathedral choir, a German all-boys group affiliated with Berlin's University of the Arts, after a nine-year-old girl's application was rejected. Okay, after auditioning, the girl was simply was told she simply lacked the talent and motivation to be a part of the choir. According to the Germany's Dutch, I think that's how they pronounce that word, Dutch well, um, the discrimination complaint stemmed from the girl's mother. The resulting court case divided the country as supporters of the choir squared off against gender equality advocates. See, these are the things that just bother me. Okay, you talk about you talk about gender equality. Okay, who is stopping you? Who who's stopping you from creating an all girls choir? And I did some research here. In Berlin. There is a Berlin Girls Choir. There's a there's a Berlin Girls Choir. Um, they start from five years old and up. There's the basic choir, the junior choir, which is eight plus eight and up. Junior concert choir, which is ten and up. Concert choir, thirteen and up. And some German some German word that is twenty and up. And they're in Berlin, and they have been established since 1986. Obviously, that's not 500 years, but this girl did have an option. Now, it's possible that this girl got rejected by them. It, it's certainly possible. It's certainly possible that this girl simply can't sing. I'm going to tell you something. If I try out for a choir, I'm not going to make it. I can't sing. Okay? So, you know, obviously, obviously, they, they you know, the people who did this, they, they, they obviously knew, okay, what's, what's, this is going to be a, a little bit of a problem. Um, because she auditions and then it's like, okay, you just aren't it. One, okay, you're a girl and we're, it's, it's a, it, we're guys. We're, we've been got, we've been a guy, we've been a group, a, an activity for guys. For, for more than 500 years. That's older than America. That, I mean, that, 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 these guys go back so far. 500 years. And you get mad, and then, you know, you want to talk about gender equality advocates. Girl, you're, 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 I don't know, not, I don't know the, the name of this nine year old girl, but, or, you know, I'm just going to go with the mom here. Uh, mom, your daughter is a daughter, which means she's a, which means she's a girl, and a girl is not a boy. She's not a boy. She can, you know, she, this girl, she can sing on her own. She can join, um, a choir. She could start her own choir if she wanted to. Okay, but you, you're not, you're not a boy. You know that you know that's why they have this whole thing, you know, Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. There were girls who were mad who tried to get into Boy Scouts. And it's like, okay, how could you do this? You know, how could you discriminate against me because I want to join? Because we're Boy Scouts. You're a girl and you're trying to come into Boy Scouts. There is a such thing 
as Girl Scouts. There, there is a, there is an option. There is a place for you in Girl Scouts. But no, that doesn't satisfy you. That doesn't make you happy. You want you you want to be special. You want to make history. And so, what do you do? You go and you say, "Boy Scouts, that is that that's where I need to be. Those these are my kind of people. No, they're not. You want to you want to be a scout? Join Girl Scouts. Great organization." Horrible cookies. That's right, I said it. Yeah, the cookies are horrible. But but you had an option. Girl Scouts. You had your girl go to Girl Scouts. If you're a boy, you do not go to Girl Scouts. You if you want to be a scout, if you're a boy, you go to Boy Scouts. If you are if you are a guy and you wanna play you wanna play basketball, you do you know, obviously there is there is some level. There are some levels at the really young age where, where there is co-ed. But you get to a certain age, or it's like in certain leagues, where it's like okay, if you if you're a boy, you play boys basketball. If you are a girl, you play girls basketball. There are certain areas and certain spaces meant for certain people. Bathrooms is one of them. Oh yes, I'm going here. If you are a boy, you use, you go to the boys' restroom. If you are a girl, you go to the girls' restroom. It's that simple. You, you are not, you're not, I'm going to say this again. There are certain things in this life that you can choose. You can choose your occupation. You can choose where you live. You can choose what you eat. You can choose who you have sex with. You can choose um, you can choose what you drink. You can choose um, what you believe. You can choose uh, where you worship. There are certain things that you cannot choose. You cannot choose your gender. You can't choose your gender. Even, or I should I should say sex because gender gender is not even. It's not even a medical term. It's actually sex. But we, you know, they threw gender in there to, you know, it, it goes way back. And I'm not going to get into that. But there are certain things you cannot choose. You can't choose what sex you are. You can't choose if you're a boy, you, 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 you will always be a boy. You cannot become a girl. If you are a girl, you can't, you are not a boy and you cannot become a boy. It's like this. There's a movie. There's a funny movie called Tusk. And in this movie, it's a really dumb movie. It's it's a joke, but it's it's supposed to be kind of a horror movie. And pretty much, there's this crazy guy who became obsessed with a with a walrus. And so what he did, what he did is he would take people and he would cut off their legs. He'd kidnap people, cut off their legs uh, while they were knocked out, and he'd. Uh, so they'd be amputated when they woke up, and then he would he would sew the individual into um, uh, skin that that he had collected over time, and made the person look like a walrus. 
You can you can look this up. Look up look up Tusk. Look up Tusk uh movie. It's the strangest thing you'll ever see. But I asked this question. Just because the guy <laughs> just be so the guy he gets his legs cut off and he ends up he ends up being a walrus. And uh, you know, he has a girlfriend and you know, she brings him a fish and uh, you know, a whole fish and she just hands it she just hands it to him and you know, she knows that it's her that she knows that it's her boyfriend. This movie is really it's actually quite hilarious. Um, but you look at it and you're like, okay, if I, if, is that, is that man a walrus? Is he a walrus? The answer is no, he's not a walrus, even though he looks like one. And, and, you know, if you didn't know, if you don't know the history, you would think he's a walrus, but he is a man who had his legs amputated and and was made to look like a walrus. You can try to look like something that doesn't make you that thing. I remember this absolutely crazy story. It was, I want to say it was in England. But it was a 50, it was a 52 year old man. He's probably got to be like 55 or 56 by now. And he had this, he had this, um, he claimed to be, you know what? And here's what he did. He had a wife. He had like, I think like five kids or something like that. He left his family. And he said, I am a six-year-old girl. And you know what he did? He started acting and dressing like a six-year-old girl. And you know what some dingbat, some dingbat family did? They took, they took, they took the 52-year-old man in. And they said, you know what? You can, you can, you can be with our daughter. You can, you can play with our daughter. Yes, that, this is a real story. I'm not making this up. You can look it up. Look up 52 year old 52 year old man, six year old girl. Look it up. It is the stupidest thing you've ever seen. And even I gotta say this, even if you are a liberal, or well well there's liberals and there's leftists, and then there's things in between there. Okay? If you're a leftist, if you're a leftist, you would look at this story and with something within you is like that's not right. You would just look at it and be that's not right. Because you know what that can mean? That that's that's easy pedophilia right there. If I can just claim to be something, let's say let's say let's say person A is let's say person A is uh forty years old. Okay, he's walking down the street, you know, he's going about his business, he's doing his thing, and he sees person B who is a 12 year old girl okay so person a looks at person b and is like hey you know she's you know she's kind of cute and so what let me ask you this what would stop the guy what would stop person a from saying you know what if we if you can choose if you can choose your gender if you can choose your gender what stops me from choosing my age why I mean why not? Why why not? I mean there is there is medical proof. You you could easily prove that he is a bo- that he is a man. What would stop him from looking at from looking at that 12-year-old girl and saying, "You know what? The hell with it. I'm 13." What would stop him? I- explain that to me. 
This sound this sounds absolutely asinine and absolutely absurd. But this this is a real possible This could happen. You could come along and just look at the person and just say, you know what? Just so I can get what I want, I'm go I'm going to change I'm going to quote unquote change my identity so I can so I can be accepted there. What be just just be real. Just be real. If I can if I've never asked this question before, you know, in public or you know, over podcasts or anything like that. If you can if I can choose my gender, what stops me from choosing my age or race? What 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 would stop me? What would stop me? I mean, just look at just look at let's just go with scholarships here. Okay, you know, let's say let's say I am let's say I'm let's say there's a white person because you know there's no white scholarships. It's no such thing. Pretty much every pretty much every other race, every other ethnicity has a scholarship. Whites don't have one. Okay, what would stop a white person? From just being like, you know what, I, you know, so I can get the scholarship, why don't I just say I'm black? Or why don't I just say I'm Mexican? Or what, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Indian. Or I'm American Indian. Or, you know, I'm, I'm, what, what would stop someone from changing what, from changing what they really are? Let's let's be real. This this is the road that we're going down. And we have to be careful here. I mean, we're talking about, you know, equality and, you know, people's feelings and things like that. No, this is serious stuff. This is serious stuff. You can't you can't choose certain things. But with the path we're going down, I mean, what would stop? What what would stop me? You can't you can't just identify as what you want. There was this guy, there were these two buffoons that Piers Morgan was talking to on, uh, I think it's Good Morning Britain or something like that. And he was talking to this one guy who was supposedly a fox. And, um, the, there was a girl who she identified as something else. The, the guy, the guy said, I'm, his name, his name and his identity and his, Everything was fox. He identified as a fox. And Piers Morgan, I don't agree with him on a lot, but there are some things where he where he gets it, and he's like, okay, what if someone identifies as an elephant? Elephants don't go to school. And so and so let's be real. If if you know people, you know, the left, what they want to do is they want to take, you know. You know what? You just let, just let, you know, be your true self, be what you feel, be who you feel. If you feel you're this thing, be the, be that thing to the best of your ability. Okay. What would stop a kid from saying, you know what? What would stop them from saying, I'm an elephant? Elephants, elephants don't have to go to school. They don't, they don't, actually, they don't even go to school. So, I, I, it, it, this is really, this is really absurd, and this sounds really hilarious and really funny and really stupid. But I'm telling you, this is the road that we, this is the road that we are heading down. You can't identify as what you want to be. To 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 the mother, 
to the mother of this child. Your daughter is certainly possible that she couldn't sing. Okay. And, you know, so the resulting court case divided the country as supporters of the choir squared off against gender equality advocates. Despite the existence of other choirs, the parents insisted on suing. They wanted to get some money out of this. I'm telling you, some people just, you know, they, they'll do whatever they can to uh, to get some money. And one, they wanted some fame. They, uh, I don't even think they really cared about the choir. You know, that's just my opinion. And if they did, it's like, okay, whatever happens here, we're going to get some attention. Okay, according to a German travel information website, the country has about 60,000 choirs. And you... Woman, you have your you and your daughter. Your daughter may have come to you and said, "Mommy," or whatever they say in uh, whatever they say in German. Uh, you know, I w- I want to join that choir. Uh, sorry, sweetheart. Th- those are boys, and you know that's an all boys choir, and they have been, uh, you know, since uh, you know, for centuries. These guys. In fourteen in fourteen ninety two, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Do you realize these guys are pro? This group is probably older than that. that. That's how far back this choir goes. But what? But what? But what does the mother do? She says, "Okay, yeah, sure, why not?" The choir maintained that its decision to not accept this young girl into its ranks was not predominantly about her gender. The presiding judge appeared to agree with this. The artistic freedom of the historic choir apparently had great weight in the judge's financial dis- final decision, which said the acoustic pattern of the group and their boys' choir sound meant the rejection was not discrimination. Supporters of the choir were ecstatic. Many saw the decision as a major victory for the cultural icon. The state and cathedral choir was founded in 1460. 1465! That is before... Wait a minute. I think I think Christopher Columbus may have been like five at that age, predating the German state itself, and has never had a female member. Here's my here's kind of my issue with the story. Okay, here's kind of my issue with the story. Okay, these guys should have said, "Listen, there is a there is a listen." You are a girl, and these are boys. Okay, I would have added, I would have added that in because here what here's here's what the choir could be set up now. The what if what if you have a girl who can sound like a, who can sound like a boy, and then you have and then it's like oh well okay if that was our reasoning before about you know you know you just don't match our octaves and. You know, you, you're not going to match our sound. Um, you know, if if all you need is all you need is a girl that can that sounds like the rest of the boys, then it's like, oh, well, I guess you got to let her in now because she sounds like the boys, and you said it wasn't based off discrimination. It wasn't based predominantly about gender. No, she she has she has to no. Sweetheart, you're a girl. These are boys. There are six. There are 
59,999 choirs that you could choose from. Some may, may just be strictly adult, but I'm sure there are many, uh, uh, aside from the one that I found, there are many girls choirs that you can join. It's, it's very simple. This is not hateful. This is not, you know, sexist. For now, it looks like that tradition will stand. The choir has can be seen performing briefly below in a German-language news broadcast. With, masculin- with masculinity under continued assault from modern culture, classic activities like boys' choirs are increasingly finding themselves in the crosshairs. While gender and equality are both fluid concepts in many places, the choir stuck to its guns and walked away with the victory. Here's the problem. You talk about, you talk about equality. What is stop what is stopping you? What's stop what's stopping you from having, as I said earlier, an all girls choir? Like seriously, what what is stopping you? And for you know, for the whole Boy Scouts Girl Scout situation. If a boy okay, if there's a boy and he wants to join Girl Scouts, it's like, dude, you're a boy. You're gonna join Boy Scouts. There's a there there is a place for you. There there is a place where you can be where you can be a scout. You can learn great skills. You can learn, you know, survival skills, and you can learn, you know, character and things like that. And that's here. That's here in Boy Scouts. If there's a girl who wants to join Boy Scouts, it's like no, there's a place for you in Girl Scouts because you are a girl. If you are a girl and you want to be a scout, you go to Girl Scouts. If you are a boy and you want to be a Boy Scout, you go to boys. If you are a boy and you want to play golf, you do boys golf slash men's golf. If you are a girl who wants to play, uh, who wants to play golf, there's girls golf slash women's golf. There, there are space. If you, if you need to use the restroom, there are boy, there are boys slash men restrooms. There are girls slash Women's restrooms. This this equality stuff. It's it's an absolute. It's an absolute joke. It's an absolute joke. When they talk about you know, are both fluid concepts concepts in many places. Just I mean that I mean that's just what people that's just what people are pushing these days. Equality. It's just, it's just, it's just a mess. We are, we are not going down a great path in this world. This world, this world, you know, the Bible says this world will wax worse. This world is getting worse. This world, this world has never been more confused. This world has never been more confused than it is now. I mean, we've made tremendous leaps and bounds in discoveries and, you know, science and medicine and uh, sports and uh you know history and philosophy we've made tremendous leaps and bounds but we are extremely extremely a lost and confused generation